Hello and welcome to Only Lovers Book Club. We are three Latinx besties reading romance. We take turns and this month it was my turn to pick. So we are reading On the Hustle by Adriana Herrera. It is our second Adriana book as a book club, though we have unofficially <laughs> read some of uh, her novellas as well. Um, so we're very excited. It is our first Adriana contemporary. Um, so why don't we just go around, and I know this is a very chill hangout, but just go around, say what we're wearing, what we're drinking, eating, what our backgrounds are, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, hello, Internet. I am wearing my new cozy, my cozy fantasy witch robe. Uh, it's very warm, very cozy. Um, much like this hangout was supposed to be in Portland, but it did not happen. So I'm like la revancha, you know, like I'm wearing it tonight and it is a, it's, it's still cold in California. So, uh, it's nice to, it's nice to have it. My background, it, I'm sorry, the robe is like soft pinks. Yeah. And I have like a little hood. It's got a little whale tail. Um, and my hair is kind of down and the background, I was trying to go for like, I'm being cozy in the city because this is like a city book, you know, it's like a very Dallas. I don't know what city this is. This is just like a fantasy city, but it's got like purples and and pinks and stuff. It's like the, the nightlife. And I figured, okay, I'm mashing these two things together. Cozy book club and a cityscape in the back. And uh, I'm not drinking anything. I did um, scarf down a quick sandwich and a Sprite earlier. <laughs> so I'm good. I'm writing that after school snack high. <laughs> I'm realizing I dropped the ball because I live in a major metropolitan city and I'm not standing with like the the city <laughs> in the background. I'm what real I'm what it looks like when you're actually cozy in the metropolitan city, which is my blinds are down and I'm wearing a hoodie and an oversized t-shirt, but I'm not drinking anything either. I had some water with the noodles we had for dinner. And I'm just sitting here in the dark recovering from from the week even though i'm not anyone's assistant okay well since it was since it was my book i really wanted to try to embrace um the different parts of the book so um in on the hustle uh the main character like designs bookish rooms so i was like what book have i read recently that would have a cool vibe and there's this like trans alien violin slash donut shop book that I read at the end of last year and I'm still not over. Um, and so I made my background this like donut planet neon light that looks cool as shit um, because that's what I imagine would go in a room based on this book. And then I'm wearing my bookish sweatshirt because they talk about merch in the book. Um, and then I'm drinking the remains of my boba, which is what I would ask my ex-boss who's trying to curry my favor to grab me on set. <laughs> but anyway, so that is what we are wearing slash drinking slash whatever. Um, it is a very chill hangout, so we didn't really go out loud or anything for this one. Like I said, we're reading On the Hustle, and it is by Adriana Herrera. So if you've listened to our previous episode, then this bio will already be familiar to you. 
Adriana is a USA Today best-selling author who was born and raised in the Caribbean, but for the last 15 years has let her job and her spouse take her all over the world. She loves writing stories about people who look and sound like her people, getting unapologetic happy endings. When she's not dreaming up love stories, planning logistically complex vacations with her family, or hunting for discount Broadway tickets, she's a trauma therapist in New York City working with survivors of domestic and sexual violence. Every time we read this bio, I'm like, damn, like she's doing so much <laughs> in, a, in a good way, in a good way. On the Hustle, Dating in Dallas, book two. Alba Duarte is the queen of the side hustle. As the eldest daughter in her crisis-prone family, she's always stepped up to help. Her favorite gig is, go is doing Instagram-worthy, bookish-themed bedroom makeovers for friends. Her most hated working as the assistant to the most gorgeous, most infuriating man on earth. Theo Ganas is a former Olympic swimmer and heir to a bona fide real estate empire. He's also about as warm and fuzzy as a New York City winter. And quite frankly, Alba has had enough of his ridiculous demands and cold shoulder. When opportunity knocks, she decides to put herself first for once, which means leaving her demanding boss and relatives behind. Her new life in Dallas seems like everything Alba's ever wanted until bafflingly charming and attentive Theo turns up in the lone state with an offer she simply cannot refuse. Agreeing to do home improvement reality TV show with her, with her sexy and suddenly flirtatious former boss is not a good idea, but it just might be the makeover her heart has been waiting for. I mean, I read that. I read that, yeah. <laughs> All right, so spoiler alert, we are about to start discussing the book. We will probably get into quite a few details, especially surrounding the sexy scenes. <laughs> so if you want to be surprised by all the bizcochito, <laughs> then um, <laughs> please read the book first and then come back to this episode. <laughs> all right, so I picked this book. And honestly, the only reason I picked it was because I, <laughs> I've been trying to branch out in the types of romance that I pick for book club. I feel like every year I have different goals for the kinds of books I want to pick. And so I wanted one of the books that I picked this year to be very like straight up, like what you think of when you think like romance paperback kind of situation just like steamy romance as the main plot you know <laughs> adult contemporary um and you know we had already read Adriana Herrera before so I knew that I liked her writing and I had seen this one around on bookstagram like quite a bit like people were always talking about the chemistry between the two leads and how sexy the dirty talk was and <laughs> stuff like that intrigued me so um yeah, that's why I picked it. It felt like a like a good book to start the year off with. So overall impressions. I don't know who wants to go first. Oh, Chris, excellent. <laughs> um, yes. So okay, my overall impressions. I don't want to like get in too deep because I know that you've got questions for us, and so we're we're gonna talk about it. And we have already talked about it. We're just you know capturing our our thoughts, you know, for posterity. Um, so I enjoyed this overall, but I definitely felt like I was 
you know, like when you're plucking at an eyebrow and you keep, you know, you keep like, I felt like I was more nitpicky with this book than I have and than I was with the previous Adriana Herrera book. And um, I think that's because, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I I do love historical fiction, um, but just the setup of this one, I did not enjoy. I don't like it when people have more information <laughs> than other people do in a book. And so I, I just found the the love interest to be like, I know you're supposed to be really hot and charming, but I unfortunately just found his wealth disgusting and I found him absolutely abhorrent. Like I was just not into I, it. I, I was, was gonna say you started talking and I was like, you just didn't like Theo. That's why yeah. you were more nitpicky okay, with this okay. book. <laughs> I, was, I was getting there. Uh, but yeah, pretty much my issues with the book um stem from Theo and not and just not being that into him. And I, I mean that's a personal thing. That's a that's a that's a thing that, you know, it's your tastes when it comes to like romance books. But I he's not the he's not the kind of romance man that um I'm gonna be lusting for. I could never get over the, like the disgusting coffee he drinks and like how bad his poops must be. You know, and that kind of normalized him for me a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> overall, I thought it was an enjoyable book. I thought that the family dynamics, it was there, but it was like a little hit or miss. Like, I feel like I, I could have been that part of it could have been stronger. Um, and I like their main character, but the chemistry between the two of them, it didn't convince me as much. So while I enjoyed this, I wasn't like swept off my feet. Oh, but that's that's it for me. Those are those are my thoughts for now. <laughs> I might have more later. I think I echo a lot of Christina's sentiments because I am not into love interests that are just like a ridiculously wealthy and then b are in a position of like authority over their love interest so there's this like really uncomfortable power dynamic and it'd be different if they were even on like some sort of equal footing but he's like a millionaire he's a former olympian and he's a dick to her for the years that they know each other so already the setup to this is like enemies to lovers but he thinks that they are like meant to be but has made no effort to even like try to pretend to be a decent person to her. Like even his excuses of he's like, oh, I was nice to you. She's like, when? When were you nice to me? Was I there? Like, I definitely missed out on that. So I think it's like the, the premise of having this like 180 personality shift of like, he's such a piece of shit to her. And then he shows up in Dallas and suddenly he's just like super sweet and nice. And we're meant to believe that this is what he's always been like. I would have assumed he had some sort of like traumatic brain injury or had like um, a terminal illness that had been recently diagnosed or um, had like a tumor that had not been diagnosed yet. Like I would not have been like, oh yeah, this is what he's been all along. I would have called his family and been like, I'm concerned. He showed up in Dallas. I haven't talked to him in two weeks. He's acting really different. I think that like a medical intervention is necessary. I just didn't get it. And one thing that Chris mentioned at some point when we were on our only lovers trip was like his all of his internal thoughts towards her were so motivated by how physically attracted he was to her that I also just was like, 
in like, the do you sense, actually do you actually like her or did you just want to fuck her for so long that <laughs> exactly and so the span of time where this is supposed to be happening in the book where it's like oh yeah we're going to be filming this show for like x amount of time i don't i don't think that i could have forgiven the years of him being a piece of shit to me okay well i um <laughs> And, you know, to to quote a show that I love, Love Island UK, I think you all are deeping this way too much. <laughs> um, I think if you take this book for like what it is, it is very enjoyable. And, and that's what I did. I honestly just didn't look too deep into any of the things you all are talking about. I understand them um, mentally. Like I, yes, I agree with every point you've made. But I just didn't care that much when I was reading the book. Like, I was just there for the ride. Um, and yeah, I, I liked the ride. I had a good time. I I did like this more than the historical fiction. And I think that's just a genre thing. Like, I, I'm not saying this was better written or the characters were better or that I liked the romance better. I think I just have a better time <laughs> when I'm reading contemporary. Um. Whereas I think both of you appreciate historical more than I do. And so um, that combined with liking the couple more <laughs> in the other book probably led to uh, you enjoying it more. But getting to our first question and kind of moving away, <laughs> as you'll see, these questions are really very um, not that deep. <laughs> so number one <laughs> moving away from um, all the very valid points that you all had um the internet and specifically bookstagram loves to rave about theo as a stern brunch daddy so i wanted to talk about that are you a stern brunch daddy girly um, can you Let me know if you need clarification. Yes, can this. you define what a stern brunch daddy is? I mean, I know what it is, but like, could you define it for for our audience? Okay, so um, from what I can understand, because I am not a romance connoisseur, it is like maybe you're the one who explained this to me actually. But so kind of like that asshole persona but who will also take care of you and make you brunch. Right? Is that, would you say that's an accurate uh, yeah, I think so. description? That fits. That's, it's a succinct way of putting it. Yeah. Um, so people really like that about Theo. Like they, well, people like that as a, I guess, it, I don't know if you call it a trope, but people really like that in romance. I have seen the concept before and they specifically like Theo <laughs> because of that reason. So I was just curious about whether that does something for you or you hate all stern brunch daddies. I don't know why. I don't think that Theo fits the stern brunch daddy persona as well as people want to say that he does. I don't think I, he fits more like a billionaire bitch kind of a <laughs> kind of a joke. I don't know if that one if that actually works, but when I think of a stern brunch daddy, I don't think of like Christian Grey, you know, from 50 Shades of Grey. That's not the kind of guy I'm thinking about. I'm thinking something like uh, like a couple of class rungs lower. <laughs> Um, because uh, Theo's not going to go to brunch. He's going to, like, get brunch ordered up to the penthouse. 
and that's I just it doesn't fit in it doesn't fit in for me um and I don't know I, I maybe I'm getting my definition no, I, crossed, I get what you're yeah. saying I think for me personally like because it's almost like he has two completely different personalities yes. you know like like pride his his boss personality and then his reality tv show co-star personality i don't think it fits as well because the asshole part kind of disappears at that point so it's more like the asshole in her memory combined with the man who's cooking for her in their penthouse so i i don't think we see the two like side by side as much yeah, no um i just wasn't i'm no i i am very into the idea of a stern brunch daddy i want someone who's like browser furrowed while they're making me like french toast like that's i want that sure but like i don't know i don't for me it doesn't he doesn't fit the do you do you have a favorite stern brunch daddy do i have a favorite stern <laughs> brunch daddy wait to shy looks like she has a favorite do you <laughs> is it stanley tucci in real life yes in fiction colin firth in bridget jones diary is a stern brunch daddy because he's a grumster but then it is revealed that he's actually ultimately really caring. Is Mr. Darcy is Mr. Darcy a stern brunch daddy? <laughs> I would say Mr. Darcy is a stern brunch daddy because he's put together and stern and he'll like put you in your place. I, I would not... also I would also say that um the beast in Beauty and the Beast is definitely, oh, definitely a stern, a stern brunch daddy. Like where he sees, you know, he has to correct a few things. Cause she's just running amok, you know, running around. He's got, he's got to like have some control over it. But then eventually he like, you know, allows some, some flex, like he'll make you pancakes. Um, I don't see Theo as no. stern brunch daddy. He's, he's too. The edges are too sharp on Theo. I feel like a stern brunch daddy feels like softer and more wholesome. Like on the inside, it feels really like wholesome. And like, for me, Theo felt evil. <laughs> <laughs> no, now that we talk about it i think maybe i just like stern brunch without the daddy part which yeah. i think the four horsemen of the apocalypse girl <laughs> shut up yeah, shut the fuck up with that no. shit shut the they're fuck not up daddy no <laughs> okay 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 so moving on because clearly clearly nobody likes theo but <laughs> did you like the sex scenes in this book or or the sexy times in this book because there were a lot of them and and so imagine someone else if you'd like instead of Theo. But what did you think about the sexy content? Because people on Bookstagram talk about these sex scenes a lot. Like like they all give it like five chili pepper steam kind of kind of thing. Uh, yes, it is a spicy pepper five book, and I did not mind that. Um, I actually. <laughs> it was one of those where I'm like, I need less story and more of this. Honestly, um, I love Adriana's sex scenes. You know, there's a template for sure. Like I could recognize, like I recognize she's got moves. Like, you know, like she's got moves on the page. You know what I mean? In every single one of her books, at least that I have discovered, is like very gratuitous, like lady oral scenes. And it's just like very much like very much like celebrating um vulvas, celebrating vaginas. <laughs> and it's it's just always like it sounds like it's so good. Do you know what I mean? Seeing their kind of like sexy chemistry kind of like finally happen. It was like a will they, won't they? And then when they did, it was like, yes. And then it kept it kept getting 
good. It was good. I I enjoyed the the spiciness of the book. Had it not been for the spiciness, I don't think I would have like enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, because I think everywhere else it's I don't want to get deep, but I, it does kind of fall apart for me. But yeah, the sexiness saved it for me because I think that their chemistry is really like physical, really hot, and really like I guess brunch worship, brunch daddy worshiping mommy type situation so i was i was into it i was into it okay i don't have a problem with mommies and daddies so <laughs> i'm the one dressed like a baby here so uh <laughs> i don't need your looks what, what about you taj <laughs> yeah i mean the chemistry was fun like christina said if they're if Adriana weren't so good at writing like sex scenes i don't know that her books would be as like consumed voraciously like there's a reason people are so so into it and it's like whatever story she's writing is like is only strengthened by how well she knows how to write chemistry it of like a sexual nature between her characters like she's got adjectives <laughs> she does she does like when to whip it out it is easy to then like fall into the scene of it and then overlook the stuff that maybe like earlier was like annoying me about the characters because once they're doing it it's like oh shit that chemistry is hot granted if there are too many scenes in a book then after a while i'm kind of like okay well what is gonna happen so if i if i started feeling that way then i would like take a break from it so that i could go back to it and like get into it again um but i think their chemistry is it's really good like chris said putting away theo's personality and just focusing on like the body in the scene. It's like, oh shit, this is this is very well written. Yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed the sex scenes. I didn't think there were too many, which sometimes is I, I am I am the person in our book club who's like skimming through sex scenes often. So I enjoy when there's what I consider like just the right amount, which I thought this book was just the right amount. Um I will say for me, the only thing I didn't like about these sex scenes because I thought everything else was so well done and that's just like a me thing. But every time that he would like speak to her in Spanish, I could not handle it. Just what, if, what, if you when the Spanish not... came out, when the Spanish came out. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> you can stop that now, Theo. Thank you. You've proven that you are Hispanic. I don't need any more of this. Speak Greek to me. I don't speak Greek. I don't know if you're being correct or not in your yeah, yeah. That was just uh, no. <laughs> but other than that, other than that, I um yeah, I enjoyed the sex scenes. That was the only thing that took me out of them. So wait, he spoke Spanish because he was like so into it that he would like speak Spanish to her. No, he wanted to show her that he also knew spanish oh i see but, oh I, I remember this we talked we talked but about like this and... his spanish was not how i was picturing his spanish in my head was not it was like gringo spanish, spanish. i would want to hear when are y'all oh yeah more tubisco chito is tongue hugoso cease and desist at once sir I just, yeah, I just um i just didn't need that from him i just didn't <laughs> Thanks, thanks for bringing that up. I had forgotten about that. Now it's, I, I had forgotten, but it is well, a good. Okay, so you, because I was, I was the last one to finish this book, right? Mm -hmm. For sure, I was. And I remember you mentioning 
the biscochito thing and i thought that that was just like a throwaway thing just like a one-time thing and then it became apparent that it was not <laughs> that the the spanish was going to continue happening so anyway um moving on from the sex <laughs> um let's talk about like the decisions happening in this book um, cause I already know you all have a ton of thoughts on them. Um, but you know, this is a book where there are like job decisions happening and then also like personal decisions happening. And, um, I was just curious, now's your chance. Now's your chance to air it out get deep if you want. Um, <laughs> what was the time when you either like really a hundred percent agreed with someone's decision and were like rooting for them or one where you were like what the fuck are you doing and we're just like cussing them out in their head just like what, what was like that moment one of those moments in the book for you where you were like what is happening because i know you had them i feel like there were so many moments where i was like what is happening <laughs> and it made me upset because i felt like I know that he had good intentions, but I really felt like Theo like forced Alba's hand in so many things. And I guess we're supposed to feel good about it because they're meant to be. But it 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 upset me that he put her in such an uncomfortable position. You know, like I feel like she would have been fine. <laughs> All of Alba's decisions that have been like forced by Theo are the ones where I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Because I know that obviously because I'm in his chapters, he's, you know, he's trying to like make him, make her fall in love with him. Um, but that's just not how you do those things. That's not a thing that you do. You know what I mean? Like that's not a, you don't try to make someone fall in love with you. I'll say like, I think the one that um, bothered me the most and it's just because i and i and I've, I've talked about this in other episodes like i really hate any sort of miscommunication um thing where like something that doesn't have to be a big deal then gets turned into like a huge big deal and so for me one of those things was just when he just didn't tell her about the phone call about the show like if he i am fully convinced that if he had just told her she would have still agreed to go away with him for the weekend because she'd be like, ah, oh, this is fucking shitty. Like, let's just go have sex for the weekend and like whatever. Like, they probably would have still had the same sort of weekend. But because he chose to not disclose this, then it turned into like basically the almost, you know, what do you call it? When they like almost break up and then they, you know, that part of the romance book. And it's like such a stupid, like... <laughs> so so that 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 one frustrated me because i felt like it wouldn't have been a huge like i just didn't understand why he kept it from her because it's not like it was his fault it wasn't something that affected like the two of them and their relationship like it was just a job thing so i don't know why he made that decision that that for me was the most frustrating one I mean, and when he when he tells her, he does say why. He's like, no, I wanted more time with you, which just once again compounds Theo's selfishness. Like he just does. He does things. Well, he like wanted to fix it before yeah. she found out. But like, Halloween, just... what are you going to do? Everything's closed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just it just felt like every single thing that he did, he did it with the hope that she would fall in love with him. 
and like would be grateful to him because he like fixed it or whatever and at no point did it ever feel like he was like selflessly interested in helping her do you know what i mean like he's like i know that i should do this for this person that i do have feelings for but i expect nothing for in return like you can't convince me that he didn't want like her love and sex in return for all of these things that he's doing for her and that was my biggest problem with theo that it never felt like yeah whatever people are like this but it's not something that i like definitely want to see for my for my romantic leads like if he had been like reluctant about it you know what i mean like if he had felt like a true stern brunch daddy but um it just felt it felt gross and so any yeah i'll just say what i said earlier anything that he forced on her because he thought it was best or because he wanted her to fall in love with him and it, it, everything was from a really selfish point of view and i was not into it there's just so many there's so many balls dropped um he should never have followed her to dallas if he really wanted her to fall for him he should have reached out and like apologized for being such a piece of shit to her and been sincere in his apology and explained that he actually had feelings for her the whole time and like while he understands her decision to move he'd like the opportunity to get to know her on an even playing field Versus, I'm going to stalk you. His taking over her opportunities, like inserting himself into all her business decisions, because she was making smart business decisions, even though her like sleep schedule was getting fucked. She knows she was doing her thing. She would have been fine. Like it would have worked out because him inserting himself is what caused that producer to like blow up in the way that he did. So that was that was a stupid decision. Not telling her about <laughs> the job. You just gotta be honest, especially if like, then apparently at one point afterwards, he's like, oh, of course I should have known. I knew about the stuff about her dad, which, which I was confused by because I don't quite understand when he acquired that information. But it's like, here's this deeply traumatic thing you know about her and you immediately forget it the moment that it, it, it would have been useful. Every, like, every time I read Theo's chapters, I'd like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, you're yeah. fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, but even with, I think even with Alba being like, I'm moving into your apartment. If he was really trying to, like, make it up to me, I would have been like, get me my own apartment that's better. You're rich. I don't want to live with you. We're not friends like that. And, like, we're trying to build a relationship. I would have been like, get me another apartment in this building that you can still come visit me. But that way I, like, have my own fucking space. Yeah, but you know, she didn't do that because deep down she, she was wanted like, to get wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> no, she yeah. wanted to get railed. Moving the focus a little bit to Alba, I think one of my favorite things about her was that her job, it sounded like the kind of fake thing that you like to daydream about. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, if I was a millionaire, this is what I would do as my job, like that kind of scenario. Like the fact that she's making a living decorating rooms to be like book themed just sounds so fake, but also so amazing. Um, so I was curious if you could have any sort of bookish career, either practical and already existing or something that is just completely out of your wildest imagination, what kind of bookish career would you want to have? I've always wanted to have like a book cart. I feel like Tashai shared something like this today where it's like, oh, every person wants to have a bookstore slash bakery slash something or other. And that's literally that's I mean, obviously, yeah, it's what it sounds great. I've always wanted to have like a food 
truck or not a food truck, like a little van that is like has a bunch of like books, used books and zines or whatever. And I just drive somewhere and I park there. But um, I think I want to add donuts to it, too. Like I was thinking maybe pie, but maybe like have a book that matches a donut or something like a very specific like donut bookshop. Where the books look like the donuts and the donuts look like the books. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I've always wanted to have like a little coffee shop bookstore situation. But like that I could just close up and <laughs> and, and leave whenever I wanted to. Just like park the van in front of my house and until I felt like doing it again. Um, so yeah, that's, that's mine. Um, that sounds delicious. I would absolutely go to your donuts. They would be they would heart. be vegan donuts, just like the dough donuts that I had in Portland. <laughs> if I have all if I have all the money in the world, and I could have a book adjacent job, I would either want a restaurant where I recreate meals from books, or I would That's have amazing. <laughs> Or I would have a fashion line where you can buy outfits from books because I love clothes and I love food. And those are things that I lean on a lot. Like I love window shopping. I like Pinterest boarding stuff sometimes. Like I, I love just looking at stuff. And you know, I love like architecture. We've walked by houses. Like I love design and I also love food. So if I could, if I could have the kind of money in the world where I like, like work with chefs we do research into books and we put together a menu that like is um like as true to certain stories as they can be but is also like accessible so not super fucking expensive uses local ingredients has like vegan or vegetarian or gluten-free versions of things i'd love to do that and then if i could have a fucking clothing store where the clothes are inspired by books and the you come in and it's all just like audiobooks playing like snippets of audiobooks as you walk in and like the fitting rooms can have different audio snippets like playing, if it's like a multi-story if it's like multi-story then it could be like different genres per the per the per the yeah. floor yeah so like there's like not like explicitly sick but like sort of sexy like yeah you know, yeah is happening like yeah you can you because then you can have like a kid's corner too and then you have kids dressing up like you know uh, characters from like children's books and stuff and you can buy books while you're there and like that could be really cute so that would be my like i love that uh, because then ooh, if you're doing like charity event type things then you can get authors to like autograph tags on like special editions or something right like i think that'd be cool yeah, no, I would be a customer of both of all three of these ideas. <laughs> I'm sad that they don't exist. I'm yeah. sad that doesn't exist. What about you, Drea? Do you have like a book? Okay, like mine mine is like a different like pivoting kind of thing because I feel like in yours you like own businesses or like have established some sort of like um retail situation. And in mine, um <laughs> And if you follow me on Instagram, then you know where this is coming from. But I would love to be the person who chooses video games to get made from books that I like. <laughs> I I have a series on my Instagram that I do sometimes where it's like graphic novels I wish existed as video games. I just feel like 
This is an untapped market, okay? I feel like movies get made into video games all the time. TV shows get made into video games all the time. And I just don't see enough books as video games. So I don't know. I mean, in an ideal world, because I have no experience with designing games or doing, I just want to be the person who picks and says, this is the book we're doing next. <laughs> like, that's all I want my job to be is I just get paid to like read books and say, this one's up next. <laughs> so you like want to a... be a video game agent? Yeah, like a yeah, video game agent, like consultation <laughs> or whatever. Like, you know, you've got your. That your... so cute. That sounds really cute. Let's do it. Let's make it happen, y'all. <laughs> I'll bring the donuts. To Shire, bring the dresses. I'll bring the video games. <laughs> and you bring the video game. That sounds like a great like party. <laughs> this just sounds like a multi-story situation. Like in the parking lot of the store, you can get donuts and you can buy books. <laughs> you go inside, you get some clothes, and then there's like a game room where you can play the games based yeah. on the books. You gotta buy out a Macy's, like that's that's and just <laughs> yeah. like clear it out and then absolutely just... be like a Macy's. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, so I only I only have one um question left. And I'm actually, I'm glad I put this question here because I feel like we have focused a lot of our attention on Theo and kind of marginally also on Alba, but expanding to like every single character in this book, if you were on a dating app, which character would be the one that you would swipe for? Because I feel I like, like there were a ton of side characters in this book, like like a lot of side yeah. characters. So the question I thought, uh, the question <laughs> I was ready to answer was like, which side character did you like the most? And I was like, nobody, because I don't remember anybody else. <laughs> so um, to be honest, I probably okay, would have. Do swiped you want me to tell? Okay, so I remember discussing this question with you in Portland, and you had you you had an answer right. I away. had I had some thoughts because I was also swiping, like I was also back in my dating profile swiping to see if I could yeah. get a date and you so, want me to remind you who you said you wanted to date um sure okay when when we had talked about this in Portland you said you wanted to date the uh, Theo's dad's wife yes <laughs> the C the new CEO yes <laughs> yes <laughs> That is my answer. That's my answer. What's not to like? She sounds great. She sounds amazing. I don't know what you, well, I know what she's doing with that guy. He's fucking loaded. That's fine. I respect that. I respect that. But also, I don't. Like, she, she should be with me and not him. But uh, yeah, that's my answer. We're just talking about swiping right. We're not talking about marrying. So I'd swipe right on Theo because I know he can get me into like a three-star Michelin <laughs> restaurant. To shy. <laughs> See, that's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm using like, him for his funds. Exactly. Like, you know I, what I mean? I've swiped right based on uh, people's physical attractiveness because they also seem like the kind of people who would pay for the drinks and then I don't have to pay for anything. So <laughs> I would swipe right on Theo and then I would sell him on my business idea and get him to invest in it and then... Boom, we I got our Macy's. <laughs> but no, I would swipe, I would swipe on the on the museum lady who then like went off on her own and partnered with Alba to do the the line of book stuff. Remember the one who was like, no, you don't remember. Nope. 
that's okay all right just think just think that she's like she's like sexy has enough money to start her own company and was smart enough to bring in alba as like a co-partner yeah she sounds like someone swipe she sounds like uh, someone who is swipeable for swipeable. sure she's yeah. the one who's like i quit my job and i want to work with you yeah yeah, yeah that one i remember now i was just like yeah, huh? this was like after they had told her like Okay, she had to make her designs more like universally appealing and and then this lady was like I don't like that and she quit. I found that to be the most realistic part of that book by the way. <laughs> I found that to be very realistic. I was like, "Oh yeah, they would be like, um, you need to make this more white." Mm. Is there anything we didn't talk about? Like now's your chance. Anything else you want to throw out there before we move on to kind of talking about what's next? I, um, I want to also say that what something else that kind of took me out and, I, and again, I was thinking too much about it, but what Tashai said about like Dallas uh, being a, not definitely not being that city for me, like that my opinion on Dallas has changed <laughs> quite a bit uh, because of all the stuff like that's happening uh, politically uh, in that state. And so it just felt strange. There was one throwaway line in the book that was like, I mean, yeah, politically, blah, 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 but like, whatever, it's still home. Like, I get that, but gosh, you know, um, I wish that it had, I wish that it hadn't been said at all. I feel like right in my mind, the Dallas in this universe, the Dallas in this book, you know, it the only problems that exist are between like Alba and Theo and Alba and her parents and Theo and his dad. That's it. That's all I want to know about. And then suddenly we bring in everything else and it just felt, it felt strange. I felt strange about it. Uh, but I don't think that more needed to be written or more needed to be done. It was just like, ew. <laughs> I don't talk about politics right now. I should fuck up about that. You know, when people have to move to big cities and those are things that you do have to contemplate. And for someone who is like LGBTQ plus, especially, or if you're just like a trans person or whatever, and everything that's happening like politically in like red states, it's just a little bit of a slap in the face to be like, yeah, it sucks here, but like, I guess I could live here and make a lot of money. Like that's not an option for everybody. And <laughs> that pissed me off. <laughs> the end. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> I do agree with that point though, because it's like, everyone romanticizes like living in new york and all the movies and all the books it's like oh my god everyone always romanticizes the idea of it and if that's where you're gonna set it you you have to romanticize it because the reality is there's a lot of stuff here that is like hard to deal with it's like making something set in california like you have to romanticize parts of it because if you go into the reality of it then you have to talk about the house like the housing issue if you set stuff in certain places then you can't ignore the fact that there is like an opioid crisis right like if you're turning it into like a romance novel if you're trying to make it this like wonderful place i want to suspend my disbelief like I want to suspend my belief, like, what is it called? Did I say it the wrong way? Suspension of disbelief. I want to suspend my disbelief in all areas so that I can truly, truly enjoy it and, like, not have to be reminded of all the stuff that it, like, does make it hard to to exist. Um, is there anything else I want to talk about? I know that this is the second book in a series, and I know who the characters in the first one were, but I wish that they had gotten more like cutesy scenes because I feel like usually when you get a second book in a series and then they bring in the first characters from the first book, you get a lot more 
of like razzle dazzle and i figured who the who the main characters of the first one were just because of like showing up but i didn't feel like there was enough get like given usually you get a little taste of what was going on in the first book so it's kind of curious about that but i think that's it <laughs> what is everybody reading before we I'm talk reading about Howl's it. Moving Castle, <laughs> which is next month's book picked by Christina. And wait, have you you haven't read it before, have you, Tosh? Mm-mm. Okay, so this is this is like that pirate book. So Chris, you've read it, but mm-hmm. it's our first time. Yes, this okay. is my excuse to make you read a book that I really liked. <laughs> I borrowed the book about the witches that you were reading the very secret society of irregular witches yeah i like forgot that i put a borrow request on it and then it was like at the library two days ago so i'm like i went and grabbed it uh i am currently reading a couple of things but the one that's kind of got me hooked right now is called disability pride dispatches from an ada world or post ada world and this is by Ben Matlin, I just got it from the library and, you know, Ben Matlin's a journalist. He's got a lot of interviews and it basically talks about a lot of the movements uh, that have, like, tried to erase, like, non-white and LGBTQIA plus uh, folks um, from getting the access that they need. And so it was one of the books that I had put on hold, I think, after um, we read Accessing the Future. It was one of those that I knew was coming down the pipeline. So I just, I heard it was finally come out. So I put a hold on it and it's here and I got it. And so I'm really excited to read the it. Cover? Uh, I don't have it on. I have it in oh. the room, but I can, uh, I, I just opened it because I couldn't type it on my computer. But um, I will show it to you once everyone else shares. Yeah, I'm reading um, El Invencible Verano de Liliana by Cristina Rivera Garza. This is what the cover looks like. Um, it just came out in English, uh, which is how I found out about it. So that's how I find out about a lot of like books being published in other countries is like when they get translated in the States and people are like making a big hoopla about it. Then I'm like, oh, shit, let me look up the Spanish, like the original Spanish. And so in this case, um, this was published years ago in Mexico. And I guess because Penguin Random House published the translation, they decided to also publish the Spanish, but with like the same cover as the English translation as a paperback. Um, And I mentioned that because if like me, you like reading in Spanish also, then you know how hard and expensive it is to get books from other countries. Um, So because it's a paperback now published in the US, then it costs what a normal book in the US costs, as opposed to me having to pay $30 $30 to get it from Mexico. Um, but it's a memoir and it, it's a sad memoir. Tosh, you, you might like it actually <laughs> in, um, in Spanish or English. Um, but it's basically about uh, this author, Cristina. She's published a bunch of stuff in Mexico, but this is um, the story of how her sister was murdered by her boyfriend in Mexico. So it does kind of a deep dive into like femicide in Mexico, but also it's like her going to the offices in Mexico to get the uh, paperwork for her sister's case, which was like never solved. Like everybody knew it was the boyfriend, but like no charges were ever brought. And so it's like her getting all the paperwork and trying to like reopen the case like 30 years later and like 
just basically being like my sister's gonna be forgotten forever in history if I don't like do this and and like from what I've been told like she like it's, it's successful like she is able to um you know bring justice for her sister and all that so it's kind of a heavy it's kind of a heavy story but i like it because it's like memoir slash let me take you on this journey with me kind of thing so slash true crime yeah exactly so yeah that's why i was saying like actually now that i think about it i think you would really like it tash so i guess we we did read a kind of steamier book this month but um next month we are reading a children's book <laughs> as i now know you're gonna I think you'll I think you'll like it I mean I hope you like it I don't know we'll see I feel like you're gonna like Calcifer more than anybody yeah and on that note <laughs> that wraps up this episode of Only Lovers Book Club thank you for making it with us to the end spending some time with us during our discussion um leave us a comment let us know if you're team Theo or not <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next month when we read Howl's Movie Castle Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with us. You can support Only Lovers Book Club by dropping some change in our tip jar and buying some books with our bookshop link. You can find us on Instagram at Only Lovers Book Club and from there find our individual accounts and projects. Feel free to favorite or rate us if that's an option for you, but always make sure to like and subscribe and turn on your notifications so you never miss an episode.